Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Matthew 17, verse 20. One verse that I want to read. Uh, We'll look at the context in just a moment. Jesus replied, he was talking to his disciples, because you have so little faith, I tell you the truth. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it shall move, for nothing shall be impossible for you. And so, Father, we just thank you for your grace. We just thank you for your mercy. Just come by your Spirit. Bind every spirit of fear and intimidation. Just let there be freedom to speak and to hear your word. We love you, God. We understand your word is powerful. The gifts of the Holy Spirit be in operation even as I share today. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want to I speak today on the subject mountain moving faith. I want to speak on the subject mountain and moving faith. Uh, one of the themes that appears in Scripture from time to time is the theme of mountains. Uh, whenever you see the word mountain in the Bible, uh, it usually, it's usually speaking not necessarily about a physical mountain, uh, but, but, but it's a metaphor for something else. And mountains in the Old Testament and even in the New Testament, they represent getting closer to God. Um, they represent a place where God speaks, like Moses went up on the mountain and God gave him the Ten Commandments. But mountains are also used as a metaphor to describe the challenging times in our life. Think about the characteristics of a mountain, big and strong and powerful and permanent and immovable. I mean, think about Mount Lofty and the grandeur of Mount Lofty. Maybe not. Okay, um, but but uh, there, there, there are, you know, you think about these mountains, they're, they're just enormous. And, and uh, can a mountain be moved? Well, it could be moved. Seriously, it could. If someone, if someone had the mind to move a mountain, I mean, it would take a little bit of time and lots of trucks, but, you know, it, it could be done. But by and large, a, a mountain is difficult to move. There are times in our own life where we face situations that seem like mountains. Mountains are those things in our life that seem bigger than us and stronger than us, those barriers that hinder us, those situations that invoke fear and intimidation as we look at them. We're in awe and we say, well, this, this could never move. Those issues that seem to trip us up again and again, impossible situations. Maybe a situation in our family, marriage, finance, habit that we can't break, a physical illness. Whatever it is that mountain seems so much bigger than us, and we feel like we can't move it. And in fact, as I'm speaking right now, some of you are already thinking about some things in your own lives or some situations that, that you're facing where you're looking at this and you're saying, I, I, don't, I don't think this one can move. One of the things that the Bible tells us is that God is a God that can move mountains. One of the things the Bible teaches us is that God is a God that can move mountains, that no matter how big or strong that mountain seems to you, God is a God that can move mountains. How many of us believe that to be true? Three of us. There's a lot of faith here this morning. As Isaiah confesses, every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low, the rough ground shall become level, the rugged places are plain, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all people will see together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Question is, 
How do we deal with the mountains in our lives? How do we deal with those situations that seem bigger than us, stronger than us? How do we deal with those persisting situations, those situations which seem really difficult to move? Well, Jesus' disciples had faced a situation where they couldn't deliver a boy from an evil spirit. Jesus delivers him immediately. The disciples come to Jesus and say, well, why couldn't we do it? Um, And Jesus, you know, in a very gentle way, gives them this response. Because you have so little faith. <laughs> wow. Truly, I tell you, he says, for you have, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move for nothing shall be impossible for you. Come on, will you say that with me? For nothing shall be impossible for you. Say it again. For nothing shall be impossible for you. Jesus was saying to the disciples, the reason why you couldn't minister to this boy was because you have such little faith. If you just have more faith, if you have greater faith, then you would have been able to speak to this situation and you would have been able to deliver this boy from this spirit. In fact, Jesus says, and I love that, He says, if you had just faith as small as a mustard seed, Now, I love that about Jesus. He's not saying if you have faith as big as a mountain. He doesn't say that. He just says, if you just got just just enough faith, just as small as a mustard seed, then you could speak to a mountain and it could move. Now, in case the disciples didn't get it, Jesus repeats that teaching later in Matthew chapter 21. Jesus walking along one day, finds a fig tree, had no fruit, lots of leaves, no figs. I think there was a little bit of an Italian in Jesus came around from that region. He sees this fig tree, lots of, lots of leaves, no fruit. And Jesus says to this fig tree, may you never bear fruit again. And immediately the tree withers. Disciples saw this uh, situation. They were shocked. They were amazed. They couldn't believe this. So Jesus says to them, truly I tell you, here it is again, if you have faith, And do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it shall be done. There it is, exactly the same teaching. We see a kind of a repetition here where Jesus is is teaching about faith and moving mountains. Now, Jesus wasn't speaking about literal mountains. What Jesus was saying is that one of the ways we deal with those things in our lives that seem bigger than us, stronger than us, those impossible situations, one of the ways we deal with those mountains in our lives is by having faith. Faith. And apparently we don't need too much of it either, just just as small as a mustard seed. And I don't know about you, but that immediately brings some questions up into my mind. How do we get faith like that? How do we activate our faith? The Bible says all of us have a measure of faith. How do we activate the faith inside of our hearts? How do we do that? Where do we get the faith to see the mountains moved in our lives? So let me say this from the outset. Um, Faith is a mystery. Uh, When I was 20 years old, I knew everything about everything. If you needed counseling, you needed to come and see me then. If you needed uh, some some answers from the Bible, you needed to come and see me then. Because I knew everything about everything. As I get older, I seem to understand less and less about lots of things. Prayer was really clear to me at one time, but it's less clear now. Faith was really clear to me at one time. It's not as clear anymore. (laughs) 
I don't know everything there is to know about faith. I know that there are some people who've worked it all out. They've, they, they can, they've given you a formula for faith. And if you just you know, push this lever and, and push this button across here, you'll have faith. It's all going to be good. Hebrews 11 is described as the great chapter of faith. And in that chapter, there are two types of faith mentioned. Faith for deliverance, faith for non-deliverance. Half the chapter describes great things people did by faith. Half the chapter describes people that endured incredible hardship. But both of them were commended for their faith. So, I don't know everything there is to know about faith, but what I do know that is this, that every time Jesus saw faith in people, he responded. All I know is this, as I read the Scriptures, as I read the New Testament, as I read the life of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, as I read the Gospels, every time Jesus saw faith, he responded in some way. Jesus said, everything is possible for him who believes. There it is. Everything is possible for him who believes. There's a, there's a, there's a correlation between belief and, 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 and doing things and, and, and having things that seem impossible. To a Gentile woman, Jesus said, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. What, what was it that contributed to the healing? It was her great faith. Jesus said to a leper, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Um, just powerful. To blind Bartimaeus, Jesus asked, what do you want me to do for you, Lord? I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Jesus always responded whenever he saw faith. You know, there's a story of the four guys that bring their paralytic friend to Jesus and, and uh, you know, they lower him through the roof. There's a fantastic scripture there. The Bible says Jesus saw their faith and he healed the man. Jesus always responds to faith. Whenever he sensed faith in someone, it, it drew something out of him. It always made him do something to act in some way whenever he saw faith. But where there was no faith, it's like God's hands were tied. He couldn't do anything. Jesus goes to his hometown, the, the, the town where he grew up in, and, uh, and the Bible says he couldn't do very many miracles there. Come on, you've heard that scripture before. And what was the reason why Jesus couldn't do any miracles? Was it a bad day? Did he have, you know, was he, did he wake up in a bit, of a bit of a mood? No, none of that at all. The Bible tells us why he couldn't do any miracles in his hometown, because they didn't have any faith. There's something that we need to cultivate in the church. It's an atmosphere of faith. Come on, church. If there's something that we need to cultivate in the church of Jesus Christ, it's an atmosphere of faith. The moment there is no faith when we come to church, we have religion. And we just have a religious service where we go through the rituals of religion. And I, wanna, and I want you to know, I don't know about you, I don't want to be part of a religion. I don't want to be part of religious rituals. We need the Spirit of God to be present amongst us. And when is the Spirit of God present? The Spirit of God is always present when there's faith in His people. That's why when we come to church, we need to pray, Lord, speak to me today. Come on, what a, what a great prayer. Lord, speak to me today. Come on. Even right where you're sitting right now, why don't you just, under your breath, why don't you just say, Lord, speak to me today. Come on, that, 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 that's, that's a, it's a prayer of faith. God, I want to hear a word from you. Lord, I know that you can speak to me today. Lord, speak by your Holy Spirit. Lord, do something in my life. Lord, heal me. Lord, move in our midst. Lord, come by your Holy Spirit. 
Let me tell you, if something happens in the church today, if you get a word from God, if something happens in your life, it's not going to be because of me. It's not going to be because of, uh, it's not going to be because of the preaching. It's not going to be the music. It's going to be the spirit of the Lord. That's it. That's all we have. We have the presence of God. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and there is freedom. He's the one who brings freedom. So many times I get people come to church and they visit for the first time and, and, and they go, I, I don't know what it is about your church, but there was something there. What is that something? That something is the presence of God. And if we don't have the presence of God amongst us, church, let's go and do something else. How does the presence of God come? The presence of God comes when there's faith in people to believe for that. Father, I know you're going to do something this morning. When we come with a sense of faith and expectation, God begins to move. When we come with an attitude, of, well, it's just going to be another Sunday. Well, that's exactly what happens. And so the question that I want to look at is, well, then how can we activate faith in our lives? How does faith get activated in our lives? If it's faith we need to move those mountains in our life, how do we activate the faith in our lives? I want to share a few principles that I pray will Help us today. My prayer is that God will speak to us and that we will see some mountains moved in our lives. A few principles. Let me give them to you quickly before we break bread together. The first thing we need to understand is that faith begins by seeking God. It's a really important principle. The Bible says, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Faith always begins with seeking God. We seek God believing that He will answer. We, that He will reward. He will respond. He will answer to those who diligently seek Him. In other words, we come to God in prayer and in faith. You know, prayer is an act of faith. We come to God in prayer. We don't just come to God in prayer because we've got to notch up some, you know, some mileage of prayer. Because, you know, if you do one hour of prayer, then God's going, oh, I'm happy with you. I'll give you what you want. That's not what it is at all. That's religion. We come to prayer because we believe that He responds to those who diligently seek Him. In other words, as we pray, as we seek God, something happens. And as we pray and as we seek God, coincidences happen. Remember the story with the kitten? I didn't forget that one, did you? Do you want me to tell the story again? No, it's okay. No, it's all right. We know the kitten. The kitten was saved in the end. So um, we know that every time we pray, God, 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 God rewards. We pray because God responds to those who diligently seek Him. Where does faith begin? It begins by seeking God. Now, these weird ideas about faith. Some people think you have to work it up somehow. I don't know how. But some people think you've got you to shout because if you shout, that's faith. Some people think all you need to do is blab it and grab it. The idea is that if I confess something, then I'm going to get it. It's as if if I confess something, then God is, you know, has to intervene in some kind of way. That's not faith, that's presumption. It's not faith, that's fantasy. And the difference between faith and fantasy is simply a word from God. I'm going to repeat that again. The difference between faith and fantasy, because the two look very similar. You know, there, there's some people, oh, I'm believing for this. I'm believing for something. And it sounds, wow, that's a lot of, wow, that's amazing. That's, that's pretty good. That's, that's amazing. The difference between faith and fantasy is a word from God. And you get that word by seeking God. 
So you have a mountain before you, it seems enormous, impossible, feels like it's never gonna move, feels like this is your lot in life. So you begin to pray because you believe in God and you believe that He responds to those who diligently seek Him. And so you begin to cry out to God. You begin to seek God. You begin to claim the promises of God in your life. Lord, your word says that you're, that you're a mighty God. Lord, your word says that you're the creator of the heavens and the earth. You're the God that can do great things. You are the healer. That's what your word says. But right now I'm facing this mountain and I've got no idea what to do. Right now I'm facing this situation in my life and it just seems like an impossibility. I've tried everything I possibly can to move this mountain, but I, but I haven't been out. Here it is, it's stuck. Your word says, call on me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you and you will honor me. So here I am, God. And as we begin to seek God, as we diligently seek God, God will speak to us about that situation. He'll give us a word. He'll drop a word into our spirit about that particular situation. Listen carefully. Specific faith comes from obedience to general faith. People say, well, Pastor Joe, do I, need, do I need to pray? You don't need to get a word to pray. Bible, the, the Bible already, taught, God has already told us through the word that we need to pray. As we obey that word, that's already a word. We got a word that if you pray, I'm, I'm gonna answer. So that's already a word. As we obey the general word of God, the we receive the specific word. General faith leads to specific faith. As we begin to seek God, as we begin to cry out to God, Lord, this mountain, this mountain, Lord God, I don't know how to deal with this situation. As we begin to do that, God begins to speak to us. He gives us a key about what to do. Pastor Joe, how long do I need to pray like that? I don't know how long you need to pray. Someone said you need to push, pray until something happens. Just pray until something happens. How will I know that it's a word from God and not just come from me? Trust me, you will know when God has spoken. I always know when God has spoken to me because it's a lot more intelligent than I am. <laughs> People are going, amen, amen. Thank you. And that leads us to the second principle. Second principle is get a word from God. Get a word from God. You seek God until you get a word from God about your mountain. The Bible says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How does faith come? It comes by hearing the word of God. Now, the, the word, word in that particular verse is the word rhema. And there's a difference between logos, which is the general word of God, rhema, which is the specific word of God. It's a specific word from God about your specific situation. So as we cry out to God about our mountain, as we seek God diligently, God will speak to us. He will drop a word into our spirit and we will know that God has spoken. The Word of God is the basis of faith. Now, throughout the Scripture, we see examples of this. Disciples are fishing all night and catching nothing, um, which is nothing unusual. But anyway, Jesus says to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered and said to him, I love Simon. Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, we will let down the nets. And as they did, they caught a huge number of fish. I love Simon. Master, we've toiled or not. He was a fisherman. He knew, hey, listen, if we haven't caught anything up to now, you know, there's no way we're going to catch anything from now on. I, I know that. Master, I'm a fisherman, he's saying. But, but Simon understood something about who he was speaking to. He understood something about the power of God. But he's, and he says, nevertheless, that's your word. Now, nevertheless, I'm not going to focus on the natural. I'm going to focus on the Word of God. Leah Harris preaches a powerful message on this. Nevertheless, at your word. 
Never underestimate the power of a word from God. Never underestimate what God can do when He speaks. The Bible says in Genesis that there was darkness covering the face of the earth. It was dark and gloomy. And the Bible says, And the Lord said, Let there be light. And in an instant, the light appeared. Never underestimate the power of a word from God in your life. Faith comes by seeking God. And as we begin to seek God, God will speak to us. Some of you are saying, you serious? God speaks to us. I'm serious. God speaks to us. He's not some God that's far away, that doesn't care about what's happening in your life. He wants to have a relationship with you. It's what Christianity is all about. It's about a relationship. It's God in the Garden of Eden. Adam, where are you? I just want to talk to you. Religion is all about I got to do, I got to do, I got to do. And if I do enough, then maybe God will love me. Christianity is completely different. There's nothing we can do to have God love us more. He's done it all. (laughs) And he says, just come to me. He wants to have a relationship with us. In a relationship with someone does all the talking and the other person doesn't say thing. It's not a relationship. Imagine husband and wife where one of them does all the talking and the other one doesn't. It's not a relationship. Some of you are going, it's what I live with at home. <laughs> now, now, you're in church. It's not a relationship. Oh, Pastor Joe, I get all these thoughts. I don't know if it's God. I don't know if it's me. I don't know either. You're going to have to work that out. All I know is this, the more time you spend with someone, the more you learn to hear their voice. The more you learn to distinguish between my voice and and, and someone else's voice and God's voice. And I tell you, when you learn to discern the voice of God, it's power. He will speak to you. He will speak. Well, Pastor John, I'm not good at this. I'm only new in Christianity. Listen very carefully. When God speaks, you will know that God has spoken. This brings us to the next step. Faith always requires action. We need to step out in faith. The Bible speaks about the woman with the issue of blood. She's been to doctors. She's suffering for many years. No doubt she was seeking God. And one day she gets this crazy idea. If I could just touch the hem of Jesus' garment, then, 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 then I could be made whole. And, and this thought, this idea is getting stronger and stronger. And then one day she sees Jesus and there's a crowd all around him. And she thinks, this is my moment. I'm going to sneak up to Jesus. I'm going to touch the hem of his garment. No one will know. And I'll just keep on going and I'll be healed. And so she reaches out and touches the hem of his garment. And immediately she's made whole. And I love the story because Jesus stops everything. Stop. Crowds are pressing in on him and, and, and Jesus says, everybody stop, stay still. Somebody's touched me. Come on, how many people would like to touch the hem of Jesus' garment this morning? Come on, how many of us would like to? Come on, he's passing by. Somebody's touched me. Disciples are going, Jesus, are you feeling all right? There's a whole crowd here. Of course, there's a bunch of people who have touched you. No, 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 someone's touched me. And the woman comes and falls at Jesus' feet and she tells him what had happened and listen to what Jesus said. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. She could never have been healed and she not acted on the word of God. Moses is in front of the Red Sea. Egyptians are marching behind him and and the, the, the people of Israel, they're crying out to God. Oh God, deliver us. Oh God, save us. And God speaks to Moses and he says, raise your staff. Stretch out your hand over the sea. And as Moses obeyed, there was the word. There it is right there. They're crying out to God. There's the word. Stretch out your staff over the sea. As he obeyed, 
they move through. Faith always requires action. Jesus often said to people that he was going to heal, go to the pool of Siloam, lift up your mat, go to the priest. As they obeyed, something happened. One final thing you do is hold on to the word and worship God. Sometimes the word is clear, do this and obey and immediately you, get, you receive an answer. Other times it's a matter of waiting on God. Get a hold of that word, hold on to the word and trust God and worship God. It's a great example of this in the life of Abraham, the father of faith. God appears to him and says, you'll be the father of a great nation. Your descendants as numerous as the sand and the stars. And, and uh, as, uh, the only problem was no son. He had a really clear word from God, but no son. 25 years had passed, no answer to that prayer. Look at what the Bible says. Not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead. And the deadness of Sarah's womb, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith. How? And gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. Never underestimate the power of a word from God. Never underestimate the power from a word from God. You've told me to say, back when I was 18, 19, I don't even remember, I was working one day. Yeah, all kinds of stuff. I was just working, just working. And the verse dropped into my heart, being confident of this one thing, that he's begun a good work in you, shall carry it through to the completion until the day of Jesus Christ. How do I know that was a I just know it was a word from God. I, I, was, I was just doing what I was normally doing. The word came. There's been times in my life I've faced some stuff. How am I going to get through this? I don't know what to do. And, and God gives you a scripture. God, God gives you a word. I remember when I started, you know, took on the, the, the role here. And I'm saying, God, what do you want me to do? Is this, I don't want, if your presence doesn't go with me, don't send me up. I don't want to be in a position you don't want me to be in. What's the point of that, Lord God? God, God spoke. He said, God is not a man that he shall lie, nor the son of man that he shall change his mind. What he has said, he shall do what he has spoken, shall come to pass. I'll instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I'll counsel you. And I will keep my eye on you. <laughs> I want to say there's been many, many times I've gone back to that word. It's a word from God. All right, God, I'm going to move ahead based on your word. I got a word from you. Because I was doubting. I mean, I was doubting. I was thinking, I don't, want, I don't want to do this. If you don't want me to do this, I don't want to do this, Lord God. Are you serious? And I was saying, God, choose this other, this thousand other people. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change. What he has said, he should. What he has spoken shall come to pass. God doesn't say one thing and then do something else. There's power in the word of God. Abraham got a word from God and he hangs on to it being fully persuaded that God had the power to do that which he had promised. Abraham was nearly 100 years old. Nothing had happened, but Abraham understood that how faith worked. Don't look at the circumstances. Get that word from God. When nothing was happening, he kept his eyes on the word, not on the natural. And sometimes the word from God requires action. Cast your nets, touch the hem, go to the pool. Of Salom. But what could Abraham do? But he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Abraham would look at the stars and begin to worship God. He looked at the stars, not at the natural. He hung on to the word of God. He remembered the promise. 
began to praise God for what he was about to do. And in due season, Isaac was born at just the right time. All of us have some mountains in our lives. There's things which seem immovable and that will never change. Those things that seem impossible. How do we deal with those mountains? Jesus says all you need is the faith, the size of a mustard seed. Now, these principles I'm sharing, they're out of Scripture. Get the notes, go back in Scripture, see for yourself. Is there more to it? Yeah, there's probably more to it, but here's the basics. I've just kind of given you the bones. Because I'm a simple thinker, I'm a mathematician. I I think in, in a certain order, it's the way I work. How do we activate our faith? Seek after God. You cry out to God, God, I'm having trouble dealing with this, Lord God. I'm having trouble beating this thing, Lord God. I don't know what to do, Lord God. As you do that, God will speak. Get a word from God. Pastor Joe, I thought God had spoken, but then it turned out it was, okay, you're learning to hear the voice of God. Then then keep on crying out until you get a word from God. You will know it's a word from God. Act on that word. Then you wait and worship God. And by the grace of God, that mountain shall be moved.